everyone. Good? Good to be in God's house. It's always great to be with God's family, hey? It's always great to just position ourselves, I guess, to receive and hear what God's saying and and open our hearts and allow the Lord to do a work, yeah? Because he's always got good things. So this morning I actually want to share about some words that have been spoken over our church a number of times, generally by prophetic people. And um, the word spoken over our house is that Mount Clear is a house of healing, yeah? A house of emotional healing, a house of physical healing, a house of spiritual healing for people. So it's a word that's often been spoken over our house and I have been just kind of meditating on that the last couple of weeks since Pastor Corey came and again confirmed that with us as a lot of other people have. And, we, and it's a reality. We believe that. We've actually seen that word in action in so many people's lives that are actually a part of our family. So as I pondered that word, God kind of started to download a whole stack of things to me about that, about us being a house of healing. So I'm going to share a little bit with you this morning about that. Um, Because if God's downloading it to me, then he probably wants to download it to you as well. Yeah, it's always great for us to just share the things that are going on. So I guess I've experienced a fair amount of pain and heartache in my life, as probably most of the people in the room have. (laughs) I think about living and breathing, you know, it's hard to kind of avoid that thing, isn't it? So I've experienced my fair share and... And the thing that's happened in experiencing my fair share of pain and loss has been that in, 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 in enduring pain, in, in suffering loss, in experiencing heartache, the most beautiful thing has happened because I've actually been able to discover that God is this incredible healer, yeah? And it's only a journey that's been made possible because of the pain and because of the loss, I've discovered the beauty of this God that heals, that heals our hearts, that heals our lives, that heals our bodies, that heals our emotions, this God that can heal every part of our being, yeah? Psalm 134 says, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. I love that scripture. So when we're hurting, God's not far away. In fact, he's really, really close. And Psalm 147 verse 3 says, He heals the brokenhearted. Yeah, that's like a promise of God. It's not like God doesn't just put stuff in the Bible to make us feel good. He actually puts in truth. That is truth for our lives. That transforms our lives. And it's His living word that becomes active on the inside of us. I know that um, Cara shared a couple of weeks ago, she said, since I've come into this place, I don't feel like my heart's broken anymore. You know, that's a testimony to that scripture, living and breathing in her life. So, because some of you are new, I thought I would just share a little bit of my journey. And for some of you that aren't new, well, you just have to hear it again. And because you love me, I know you'll just grace me, yeah? to share a little bit of it because the purpose is to talk about the healing but to talk about the healing we have to talk about some of the stuff that goes on to get to the place of healing yeah so um so where will we start um yeah I had quite a good first 10 years of my life it was quite lovely my dad loved me my mum loved me my brother loved me and he hated me 
and he loved me and he hated me depending on the day or the hour of the day or the fight we just had or the hole that he just kicked in my bedroom door. But um, it was quite a normal childhood. I grew up... <laughs> That's normal, isn't it? Yeah, I'm sure I've shared that before. He kicked a hole in my door and then I put a beautiful poster up and then I blackmailed him for six months saying, you have to do whatever I want or I'm going to tell mum and dad about the hole you kicked in my door. So if you need tips, come and see me. <laughs> but it was, it was a very normal childhood. I had, um, I had four boys that lived next door to me. So I guess I spent most of my first 10 years and I had one brother. So I spent most of my 10 years climbing trees and playing with the boys next door. So, and falling in love with one of them in particular. So his name was Danny. Had like a very big crush on Danny. Even made up a song about Danny. So, oh, it was just beautiful. The worship team would love it. It was like just, oh, just the passion of the heart. I was like, Danny, Danny, sexy, spunky Danny. <laughs> that was my song. That was my song. Now, I don't know if I just sang it when I was away from him or if I actually tried to serenade him. I'm not sure if I ran around just singing it to him kind of, you know, whenever I was around him. But anyway, I do vividly remember my serenade song to Danny. So, and I did continue to love him for many years. And, but then when we were 10, we moved to Sydney. So, yeah. <laughs> I'm saying after 10, even though I moved to Sydney, there was like, un, you know, unrequited long distance love still happening on my part. Probably not on his at all, but definitely on mine. So, yeah, my dad got transferred for work and we moved to Sydney and I spent the next seven years there. I um, finished primary school. I went to like halfway through year 11. Yeah, about halfway through year 11. So I was nearly 17 and then my mum had an affair and um, so my mum and my dad separated and my dad was very broken hearted, as he would be, and he then became, you know, very bitter, and so our whole family kind of got very messy for lots and lots of years. Everyone was hurting, everyone was broken. It was very hard to have um, healthy relationships, yeah? So that was probably my first little bit of lysophism, not always paradise, yeah? So I moved from Picnic Point in Sydney to Fisherman's Paradise in New South Wales Central Coast. Something about names, yeah? Ballarat sounds a little bit too boring after Picnic Point and Fisherman's Paradise, doesn't it? So I moved to Fisherman's Paradise with my mum and her now fiancé. So it was soon to, was soon to become my stepdad. And I finished year 11 and year 12 there. So I made some great friends. Probably not the best influence in my life. I probably had better influences in Sydney. So I, um, I experimented with a few things and did a few things that probably weren't the greatest decisions of my life. But um, I'm still standing, so that's good. And then at the ripe old age of 17, I actually genuinely fell in love for the very first time. Had my first boyfriend, fell madly in love. His name was Alan. So I just thought everything about him was perfect. 
He was just absolutely gorgeous. I really wondered why he dated me. I thought, why is someone this good looking really want to go out with someone like me? But that's how I genuinely felt about myself at the time. You know, I just didn't have that self-worth and value. So he was gorgeous. He would walk into a room and light up a party and, and everybody loved him and loved being with him and he just seemed to kind of bring joy everywhere that he was and that's what you thought. So we spent the next six months together. He had like a blue Commodore and he was a year older. And so he had a car. I thought I was so cool cruising around in my blue Commodore. I saw one the other day. I was like, wow, can't believe those cars are still going. But um, so we had lots of fun. It was good. I guess it was crazy teenagehood. But there was a whole lot of joy there and a whole lot of love there. And um, I'm sure I kind of dreamed about getting married and having his babies and living happily ever after because us girls tend to do that, don't we? Dream of our nighting, shining arbor that's going to sweep us off our feet and life's going to be perfect. But, um, but it wasn't. And then um, and life, life was just going along and then he committed suicide. So uh, um, afterwards I found out that he had suffered depression before and he had obviously fallen into some kind of depression again, but it wasn't something that he really shared with people. So um, we were devastated. I was devastated. His family was devastated. His friends were devastated. We just all felt like our whole world kind of fell apart. So um, that was kind of really crazy and really heartbreaking. And in the midst of that, my, um, my stepdad, who I lived with, got diagnosed with cancer. So he then began a fight for his life, which probably lasted three or four months after my boyfriend committed suicide, and then he died as well. So my stepdad died, my boyfriend committed suicide, and my mum and I are alone in this house, in this um, town that we really haven't lived in for that long. So my, the point of my story is not to be depressing, okay? It's not fair to go, oh my gosh, this is a disaster. But it's actually to just talk about how God, how amazing God is and, um, and I guess his power to heal our heart and to heal our lives. So um, after year 12, I moved back to Sydney and I lived with my dad. My dad then began a battle with cancer. So he got bowel cancer, but he survived it. Thank you, Lord. And um, I just kind of began my merry-go-round of boyfriends and heartbreak and, you know, all these beautiful things we get to do in the experiences of life, fall in love, think this is the one, then the one decides they're not the one and the one breaks your heart and, um, and you spend 12 months getting over it and recovering from it and then you meet the one again. But then the one turns out to not be the one. And four or five boyfriends later, and at 24 years of age, this is kind of becoming a really tired, repetitive cycle of my life. I'm really not sure that I want to continue to do this. I'm not sure that I want to continue to feel like this. It's not a really great way to feel. So I decided to move to Melbourne. My best friend had married a guy and moved to Melbourne, and he was a Christian. So I decided to move to Melbourne. And, um, and they were actually looking for a church, which was cool. And I was like, cool, church. Wow, that's kind of an exciting theory. I don't think I've ever been into a church. So I was like, wow, I'll come and check that out. I'd be interested in that. Let's go to church. So I went to church and I loved the music, loved the people. And I guess over time got a whole lot of Jesus in my heart. And he just spent a whole lot of time healing my heart and healing my life. And... Um, and being a real rock for me, I guess. 
So, sorry, I'll just get my thoughts together. So I guess I didn't realise at the time that I was probably making the greatest decision of my life, you know. When I actually went to church and discovered that there was this God that actually loved me and was real and wanted to be a part of my life, I don't think at the time I realised how huge the decision actually was. So I spent three beautiful years just soaking in the presence of God. I've spent plenty of years doing it since then, but I spent three and then I got the icing on the cake, my beautiful husband. I tell everyone God's the cake, the husband's the icing, yeah? (laughs) He is. God's the cake. Don't try and make the man the cake, girls. The man is never supposed to be the cake, okay? God is the cake. Jesus is the cake. The husband is the pretty icing. They just look good beside you, you know? (laughs) No, no, you always look good, honey. But you were were the icing on the cake. You made everything taste better, yeah? Because Italian salt, oil... Garlic, yeah, you made everything taste better. (laughs) So, besides the icing on the cake, all right, um, what else happened? So, I got to raise three beautiful stepchildren who um, liked me and absolutely hated me. Um, They'd liked me, they'd probably absolutely hated me again. You know, God was a beautiful refuge. I used to run into my walking wardrobe in Caroline Springs and hide from them and say, God, help me, help me, Lord, help me. But I, you know, I really did. I just ran into my closet and I would get with God and it was incredible what God can do in your heart when you just make space for him. So we've, um, we've lost babies and we've had babies and, you know, 20 years later, I guess I'm just... It's so good to know how good God is, yeah? Because bad stuff happens, but God doesn't cause the bad stuff. You know, hurtful things happen, but God doesn't cause the hurtful things. doesn't cause the broken things. But he's always willing to get into the mess and bring something beautiful if we give him the opportunity, yeah? So I guess in all the seasons and all the moments and all the circumstances of my life, what I've discovered is that God's always there and God's always faithful And he's always love and he's always healing and he's always peace. Like there's never a moment when he's not there. There's never a moment when he's unavailable. There's never a moment when he's not up for healing your heart. You know, there's never a moment when he doesn't have peace or he doesn't have joy. Like he's always, always present. Yeah. So I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful that in everything that I've been through, I've just discovered a father and an Abba that is always there. Yeah. That I can always run into his arms and I can always find healing in that place. Healing, like the healing I've experienced on my life, the healing that he has done in my heart is just phenomenal. You know, I could have spent years and years in counselling sessions and I'm all for counselling. I go regularly, yeah? But you know what? It's amazing when you have a counselling session with the Lord and he can heal like five years of brokenness in five minutes when you have an encounter in worship. You know, there is nothing that God can't do in your heart. And I really believe the reason that Mount Clear is called a house of healing 
is because for all of us, we've experienced that healing hand of God. We've experienced God come into the deep places on the inside of us and bring healing. For some of us, we're just starting to experience it. You know, for some of us, we've been walking this out for a whole long time. But you know what? You can't impart what you don't have. Yeah, you can't give what you don't have. So you can only give what you've experienced, yeah? So the reason we're called a house of healing is because we're a people that have known the healing of God and are knowing the healing of God and are experiencing greater levels of the healing of God all the time, yeah? Because healing comes from a deep personal relationship with Him. Amen? Isaiah 61, I love this. It talks about God wanting to bestow upon us, you know. Um, uh, sorry, have you got it up, Samuel? Yep. So a crown of beauty instead of ashes and the oil of gladness instead of mourning. I love that. You know, because in Bible times, when people were in mourning, when they lost something, when they lost someone that was really valuable, that was really important, when they went into a place of mourning and loss and sadness, they would throw ashes, they would heap ashes on their head to represent that mourning, yeah? So, that, so, so those ashes represented pain. Those ashes represented loss, those ashes represented heartache. You know, those ashes represented maybe life looking not exactly like they were hoping it was going to look, yeah? But that word says that God wants to bestow upon us a crown of beauty. You know, do you know what bestow means? It's like a gift, yeah? He wants to gift us with beauty for our ashes. He wants to give us beauty for our ashes. So he wants to take that loss. He wants to take that heartache. He wants to take that stuff that's caused us to mourn. He wants to take that stuff that has caused us grief and pain and heartache and replace it with beauty. And he wants to bestow it upon us so we don't have to earn it or work for it or do anything because it's a gift, yeah? He just wants to gift us beauty. He wants to gift you joy for mourning, yeah? He wants to take away the sad places. He wants to take away the broken places. He wants to take away the hurting places and give you joy and beauty. How good is that, yeah? And we know that. We actually know that. I know that because I've lived that. I know that because I've had a whole stack of mourning and I've had a whole stack of weeping and I've had a whole stack of heartache. But you know what? In every moment, God has replaced my crown of ashes, yeah, for beauty. Every time I've been in mourning, He has given me joy, yeah, because that's who He is and that's what He does. They're not just words. When God says He wants to give you a crown of beauty instead of ashes, that's like a declaration. That's your life. That's what He wants for you. This is not just, I want to make you feel good this morning, yeah? This isn't like, oh yeah, just, oh yeah, I just want to give you beauty for ashes, you know? God's saying, I want to give you beauty for ashes. Like, you know, I actually want to bestow upon you beauty. I want to take all that messy, hurting, heartachey stuff and give you beauty. He's declaring that over our lives. It's what He has for us. He's like, I don't have mourning for you. I've got joy for you. I don't have ashes for you. I've got a crown of beauty for you. 
Yeah? How good is he? He's so good. He's so good. God sees the loss. He knows what we feel. He knows the pain. But he always wants to bring something beautiful. And he always wants to do something beautiful. You know, there's so much healing as we journey through life with Abba. There is just so much healing as we journey through life with him. Because there's always moments where we get hurt. We journey and we journey and we get hurt. And we journey and then we get hurt. Yeah. And we journey a bit more and we get hurt. It's just kind of a part of life. But the, the joy is that when we journey with God, we get hurt. But then we get healed. We get hurt. Then we get healed. We feel mourning. We get joy. We're grieving. We get beauty. That's the joy of actually walking with the Lord. You know, I love to talk about, and I know I've shared it before, that pain is, like, pain is supposed to be a visitor in your house, yeah? Pain is not a permanent resident. So if you're living and you're breathing on planet Earth, pain's going to come your way. That's just a part of it, yeah? Well, you know what? Visitors come to your home. They come for dinner. They hang out for three or four hours. You eat some nice food. You know, you have some great company. But at the end of the night, you actually expect them to leave, don't you? You expect them to go back to their own home. But you know what? Sometimes they go, oh, I might just stay the night, okay? You're like, oh, okay, well, I didn't really expect you to stay the night, but if you want to stay the night, and you know what? This is revelation. Sometimes we let them stay the night when we should send them home, yeah? Okay? So, and then the next day, they decide to stay for a few more days, and they decide to stay for a few more days, and then they take up one of the rooms in your house, yeah? Then they start using your washing machine, yeah? <laughs> they take over your kitchen, which is okay for me if you're going to cook meals, go for it. But you know what? And the next thing you know, they've changed their permanent address to your home. That's a little bit like pain. Pain is supposed to be a visitor. Pain is supposed to come. And then the Lord who heals is supposed to take that stuff. But sometimes we let that visitor stay too long. We say, sure, stay another night. Stay another night. Yes, yeah, stay a few more weeks. Stay a few more months, yeah? Sometimes we do that. We let the pain stay for longer than what God wants to let the pain stay for, yeah? So pain is a visitor, amen? Because what mother or father... Can I have a tissue, please? Sorry, I have a runny nose. What mother or father who sees their child hurting does not want them to be healed? Like, has your child ever fallen over, you know, really hurt themselves, you know? And as a parent, you're like, awesome. Well, I'm so glad they did that. I mean, I'm just wrapped that they just broke their hand. That's just, you know, no, really. Like, if our kids get hurt, our heart's breaking, isn't it? Because we so want their healing. You know, we so want their wellness. We so want them to, to be okay. We don't want them to be hurt. We don't, them, we don't want them to be wounded. We don't want them to be feeling broken. As a parent, our heart is always for the wellness of our children. Well, 1 John 4, 8, if God's love, 
And he's all about loving his children, isn't he? And he's all about the wellness of his children. Galatians 4, 6 also says that we're his sons, yeah? We're his sons and his daughters. So if he's our Abba Father and we are his children, then he's a good, good father who's all about our healing and who's all about our wellness, yeah? My son Nathan, he recently broke his hand and he was excited for the first three days because he thought it was really cool. When they did the x-ray and they said it was broken, he goes, yes! He was like pumped, you know? And after about three days, he decided it wasn't such an exciting experience anymore because it's really quite annoying having plaster. It's, um, you know, it's not the best thing. And after about three days, he tried to cut some of the plaster off his hands because it was interfering with his Fortnite playing. So, <laughs> so you know, I mean, you can't interfere with games on the Xbox. This is a very serious issue. So, um, you know, but, but in him doing that, our whole heart was for his wellness, you know. So when, he, when we were worried about that ham, we took him to the doctor. After the doctor, we took him for x-rays. After x-rays, we took him to the hospital so they could put plaster on it because we were all about his wellness. We are all about that broken part of him getting healed, you know. Then a week later, we went to the fracture clinic and they did something else to it. They put a new cast on it. And three weeks after that, we went to the fracture clinic again and they said, woohoo, your hand's healed, yeah? But you know what? Our, our desire was for that hand to be healed. Our desire was to do everything that we could to make sure that his hand was going to be okay. And God's desire is to do everything he possibly can to make sure that every part of us is healed, yeah? He doesn't want broken hands. He doesn't want broken legs. He doesn't want broken hearts for his children. He wants the absolute best, yeah? The heart of a good, good father is always to see us healed and whole, yeah? And I kind of think of God and our relationship with him as like this season pass to love and healing, yeah? Because for Christmas last year, my mum gave my boys seasons passes to Adventure Park in Geelong, okay? So it was awesome. We loved it. We could go there whenever we wanted. Have you been to Adventure Park in Geelong? There's like water slides. There's water parks. There's like huge water slides that you can race down on. There's big tubes that swing around. You know, there's so much stuff there. It's amazing. So my mum gave us this pass to go there. So we spent a lot of time going to Adventure Park because we had a season pass. We didn't have to pay $40 every time we wanted to go, um, you know, we actually just got to rock up whenever we felt like it for as long as we wanted. We could go for two hours. We could go for eight hours. We could go for three hours. We could go for as long as we liked because we had this season park, seasons park, seasons pass to Adventure Park, you know. And as Christians, it's like we've got this all-access pass. We've got this season's pass to healing. We've got this all-year-round season's pass, never expires, never runs out, don't have to do anything to earn it, pass to healing. We've got like a permanent pass. We should wear it. I have this pass to healing. I'm a Christian, yeah? I don't have to stay hurt. I don't have to stay broken. I don't have to stay wounded because I have a season's pass to the healing of my heart.
heart, to the healing of my body, to the healing of my heartache, to the healing of my loss. How good is that? Because I'm telling you, there's a whole lot of broken people walking around in the world. And there's a whole lot of heartache that takes place. But we get to have these seasons pass. And you know what? We don't even have to pay for it. It's like my mom gave it to the boys because you know what? Jesus paid for it. Jesus paid for your all seasons past to love and healing. He paid for that past so that you wouldn't have to continue wounded so you could continue healed. Jesus paid the price. He suffered. He bled. He died so that you could be healed and whole. Yeah? Amen. Our all access pass. Yeah? You don't have to buy another pass. You don't ever have to buy another pass. There doesn't have to ever be another price because Jesus has paid the price forever and ever and ever. And we have a past that enables us to connect our heart with the Father's heart continually. We can wake up in the morning and go, Good morning, Lord. What do you want to do today, God? What do you want to do in my heart today? What do you want to say to me today, God? How do you want to use me to be a gift to someone else today? I love um, all access pass, yeah, to love and healing. Psalm 103 verses 1 to 5. I've got the Passion Translation. So I'll read it to you because that one's a little bit different. It says, With my whole heart, with my whole life, and with my innermost being, I bow in wonder and love before you, the Holy God, Yahweh, you are my soul's celebration. How could I ever forget the miracles of kindness you've done for me? You kissed my heart with forgiveness in spite of all I've done. You've healed me inside and out from every disease, yeah? You've rescued me from hell and saved my life. You've crowned me with love and mercy, You satisfy satisfy my every desire with good things. And I love this last line. If you don't have a Passion Bible, you should get one. You've supercharged my life so that I soar again like a flying eagle in the sky. 1 Peter 2, 24-25 in the Passion as well says, He himself carried our sins in his body on the cross so that we would be dead to sin and live for righteousness. Our instant healing flowed from his wounding. Our instant healing flowed from his wounding. And it's not just physical healing. It's emotional healing. It's heart healing. It's spiritual healing. It is healing in every part of our being. Yeah? Amen. My, um, my dad's <clears throat> just been diagnosed with cancer, colon cancer. So it's his second battle. This is going to be his second battle with cancer. And um, <clears throat> he's got a really big tumour. It's like three inches by three inches in his body. So be, um, be praying for him. And it's causing him a whole lot of pain. And so they're going to do surgery in like the next week or two. And I'm going to go up there and um, support him and be with him. Um, but you know what? Every time I spend time with the Lord, every time I get with God, I just have peace. You know, every time I spend time with my father, he goes, I've got this, Melanie. I've got him. 
I've got you, I've got this sorted. And he reminded me of the scripture from Exodus 15, 26. It says, for I am the Lord who heals you, yeah? So every time I spend time with my good, good father, he just keeps reminding me of that. Because you see, God has great plans for my dad's life. God has wonderful plans for my dad's life. And the thing is, if we carry this anointing for healing, if we're a house of healing, if we're a people of healing, do you know what? When we go somewhere, we actually carry an anointing to release that, you know, because we know that he's the God who heals, because we know he's the God who heals our hearts, because we know he's the God that heals our lives. When we go somewhere, we actually have the opportunity to pour that out. Because like I said before, you can't give what you don't have and you can't release what you don't carry. But you know what? This house carries healing. This family carries healing. We carry an anointing to see people healed. So you know what? God just keeps reminding me of healing. God keeps reminding me of wellness. God keeps saying to me, how can your dad not get healed when you guys carry an anointing for healing? What's going to happen to him when you walk into his presence? What's going to happen when you lay hands on him? What's going to happen when you journey through that? Because we are a people that carry an anointing of healing, yeah? So every time we walk anywhere, Anytime we walk into a circumstance, we have the ability to release heart healing, to release emotional healing, to release physical healing, yeah? Because we're God's children. We're a part of the family. We know who our Abba Father is. So we can actually not only walk in our own healing and not only work in our own wholeness, but we can actually walk in releasing that to other people all the time, yeah? We can be a people that we just walk and people get healed because we hang out with them. People's hearts get healed because we're loving on them. People's hearts get healed because we're a people that are healed. So when we spend time with other people, that healing is naturally released, that flows out of us, yeah? Because it's what we carry. It's part of our inner being. It's who we are. So you spend time with someone and that healing's going to come, yeah? You love on someone and that healing is going to flow out because it's what we carry and it's who God's called us to be. So we should get the worship team. Are the worship team still free? We already did worship this morning though. I mean prayer. Should we do more prayer? Yeah. I think let's just maybe that, yeah, we'll do the last song, Ella. That would be great. Thank you, my darling. Because you know what? Sometimes we just need a little bit more healing, yeah? Sometimes God just wants to do a little bit more healing. Sometimes God just tweaks a little bit. He goes, yeah, I just want to heal that bit there. I just want to take that little bit that's making you feel burdened. I want to just remove that little bit that's causing you to feel a bit of heartache. And he just wants to bring a bit more healing. So if you want God to continue to do a healing work in your heart this morning, then we would love to pray for you. Although I do believe that we had incredible healing this morning. At that time of ministry was just beautiful. But if you do feel that you would just love to come up and we just can continue to pray for that healing journey because we're all on one. It's a journey. We live it, yeah. We're experiencing the healing of God all the time. And you know what? James 5.14 says, Are there sick among you? Then ask the elders of the church 
to come and pray over the sick and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will heal the sick and the Lord will raise them up. You know, that's God's word. It's not mine. It's God's promise. It's not mine, yeah? So if you need physical healing in your body, I'm going to stand claim to that word this morning. You know, the Lord says, Come and pray over the sick, anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord, and the prayer of faith will heal the sick and the Lord will raise them up. So if you have sickness in your body this morning, let's pray for that. Let's believe for that healing. Let's lay claim to God's word because God's word, this is not my words, these are the words of God. Pray for the sick, anoint them with oil and they will be healed, yeah? So if you need physical healing, if you would love to come and get some heart healing, then please come and do that. We're just going to worship. Thank you, Allah. Your love.